This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Five Star Harland helps deliver a 60 performance for City as they booked their spot in the FA Cup last eight. A win that avenges City's relegation to Luton Town from the 1980s, well, at least for some of us. It's Wednesday, the 28th of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Andrew Detmer. And I'm Ollie Kirsch with a pop, pop, pop filter. <laughs> oh my God. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for good to win. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Now they have their triple crown. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content, where contributions... I'll try that again. I've not been able to nail any of them all week. It's been shocking. I'm going to get dropped. <clears throat> Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content, where contributors have finally stepped forward into the 21st century with their recorded <laughs> materials. Ollie Kirsch, um, your P's and your B's will be protected from this day on. Listeners around the country and the globe rejoice in celebration. Yeah, whenever we get a 4.9 star rating instead of 5 star rating, I usually get the blame for this for my uh, for my P's and B's coming through and blowing out people's eardrums. So Mr. Detmer will be very happy. Mr. Bardsley will be very happy. I'll repeat that. Mr. Bardsley will be very happy. And Mr. <laughs> Booker will be very happy. So yes, hello. Good yeah. to be back. Sound quality almost as clear as Manchester City's round five victory over Luton Town, Andrew. Um, that was a fun game. Yeah, it feels like what you expect out of a FA Cup match, which is just kind of general chaos mm. at this point in the season because teams are trying to balance multiple priorities and trying to 
you know, get certain players back to fitness, manage certain players, level of fitness. Um, we obviously want to go on and win it. I think Luton clearly didn't just want to go out of the mm. FA Cup, but obviously Luton has the very important task of picking up Premier League points to survive. Um, so it's just a very interesting kind of situation that I think can often lead to some fun. It can either lead to fun matches or it will lead to absolutely terrible matches. Oh, it was good fun, though. Usually I feel like there's nothing in between. It was good fun, yeah, though, it, it? was It was really good fun. You know what I was thinking? I've been trying to sort of figure out what this game reminded me of, and, and I don't know how this translates over to, to US listeners and their sort of sports in school, et cetera, et cetera. But, Ollie, for me anyway, and potentially you and, and, and the rest of the people in the UK or anyone who played sort of football slash soccer in school, it just felt like a little bit of a playground game where a teacher would chuck a few kids a ball and they'd stick. You know, the best kids would always stick together. Obviously, I was on that best team, um, obviously. Um, and, you know, they'd score, they'd score loads of good goals. And then the one decent kid on the other team would get a goal and it would end up something like i don't know six two that's what it felt like it just felt like a school game yeah but it's it's more like when the PE teacher himself joins in and just bangs five <laughs> and is absolutely relentless the pe teachers um de bruyne and harland assuming that role yeah yeah it, have you you guys surely have seen the uh video of three professional footballers versus a hundred school children? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could only yeah. have been a Japanese game no, show. This is Yeah, true. Yeah, this is not me diminishing Luton. Like they were honestly very good. Their first goal, one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um just oh, absolutely easy. incredible. And it but like the vibes mm. of Kevin De Bruyne and Holland deciding to just be like, <laughs> we're gonna do exactly what we need to to put this game to bed has a little bit of mm. that video yeah a- just, amos, can not you, to be disrespectful luton amos can you read out the tweet in the voice that it should be read out in that i've just sent over oh god for the to, listeners uh, Go on, let's hear the it. curtain here let's i'll, I'll have it. to find it first um, most recent one yeah okay um here we go um Ooh, I'm Erlin Harland and Kevin De Bruyne, and I've realised it's February, so so should start actually trying to. I can't even read actually. So should start actually trying that. No, the tweet doesn't make sense. Yeah. This is this is verbatim. So should start actually trying. So Man City win everything until the end of the season. Grow up, right? Okay, it does make sense. Could it's just late. Um, that, didn't yeah. you? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right, I've got this. Ooh, I'm Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne, and I've realised it's February, so I should start actually trying so Man City win everything until the end of the season. Grow up. <laughs> you, you should know better than to ask me to do improvisation, Oliver Kirsch. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it does feel like that. It does feel, and, and a little bit like this time last year, really, where we started to see these the performances translate into results. And um, I guess sort of serious heads on now. Um, so I'll come to you, Andrew, because obviously the, the uh, choice is limited with a question that requires actual serious answer. But <laughs> that's that's something that um, Erling Haaland hasn't been doing in the last couple of weeks. And if there have been criticisms of, of City, it's been the fact that they've not been able to take chances and had it been like that against Chelsea God knows we might be top of the table right now we're not it is what it is but um, what what did you make of his, his clinical nature in front of goal I think it was seven shots five goals and let's face it there was like a 67 year old Tim Krul in net so I think a couple of them maybe with a half decent goalkeeper um, would have been saved but still it's good to see him taking those chances 
Yeah. Um, you know, you live by the Erling Holland XG performance and you die by the Erling <laughs> Holland XG performance. And so, um, one of the things I think we've talked about this season is that we have not done a great job of controlling matches. And so while last season, if Erling Holland either was at X at his XG output or a little bit under it, we were probably still going to be fine because the other side was not going to get chances and necessarily take them. Although, you know, as Pep recently pointed out, we really aren't getting up that many chances now. It's just that we also aren't really taking advantage of our opportunities necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the stats for this match, uh, Erling Holland had a raw XG of 2.48. He had an expected goals um, from the shots on target of 3.18 and scores five goals. So, you know, sometimes he is going to put together XG of one and a half, two goals and not score. And then that evens out the way that XG works because it's literally averages and math that, hey, he created two and a half XG this time and scored five goals. And so he's basically at his XG. Um, I do think he will continue to always be a player that over the course of a season will outperform that number, but that doesn't mean every match he's going to. Um, and so this was definitely, I think, a good match for him to get back on kind of course, and we'll see if that lasts the rest of the season. It's so important to us as well. Serious head on here. Sorry, Amos, just kidding. <laughs> not, not been on in a week or so. Um, something that we've seen over the last few weeks, when, when the team's performances have perhaps been suboptimal, it's not necessarily because the entire team is underperforming. It's because we've maybe been uh, a little bit sloppy at the back at times, made a couple of mistakes we've not needed to, or, which has been the usual culprit, we haven't been as prolific as usual. The last three games, what was it? Lost 1-0, drew 1-1, 1-0, or 1-0. We've scored, I think, one per game over the last three games. And the... 1-1, 1-0 win, 1-0 win. Right, so that is... That's ultimately down to Harlan, right? That's why I've signed him. His one job is mm. to score goals. His one job, mm-hmm. bottom, top to bottom, is to score goals. He's not expected to be a false nine. He's not expected to do what Alvarez does, what Aguero did, uh, what a false nine did. So when he isn't firing, that that is such an important part of our game plan. And to, nights like tonight or last night for the listeners, we can afford to be a little bit sloppy at the back. We can afford to mm. concede a wonder goal and another goal that you know we maybe should have dealt with a little bit better if Haaland is firing. He gives us a margin of error. When, when he's doing what he's supposed to do, mm. he gives us a margin of error that is a luxury that very, very few other teams can afford. Arsenal can this season, especially recently because they're scoring so many. But generally, you look at a title-winning team and you say they were solid at the back, they were good up top. We can be... Yeah a little bit sloppier at the back as long as we are firing to to the extent and the potential which Harlem can. So I'm delighted and I really hope this was this is for him a corner turned, similar to how the team turned a corner in the new year uh, or at the beginning of January, mm. February. So yeah, if he can now carry this through to the Derby and beyond, then I'm supremely confident about how this season is going to end up. I, I think 
the the benefit in, uh, of this and it coming now is that it's a confidence boost for Erling Haaland himself because I wouldn't necessarily say he's a I'm trying to think of a, a pure confidence player City have had in the past. Raheem Sterling is maybe an example where when he's fit and firing and it's going for him, he looks like the best winger in the world. But when God forbid a half chance doesn't go his way, suddenly the next two, three, four weeks he looks like a, a I don't know a League Two style player. Um, Erling Haaland obviously isn't that drastic in terms of, of needing confidence. He can score even when he's been having a bad day, but it does feel like in the match when he, the first couple of chances don't go in, the next two are snatched. The one after that is a bit of a sitter. That That's kind of been the trend the last couple of weeks, but a night like tonight where he has that confidence, first five minutes, he's got a goal under his belt. By a half an hour, he could have had a hat-trick. By half-time, he does have a hat-trick. And um, it, it really was it really was a, a clinic, really. Um, ironically, though, um, I don't know what it was like on in, on the US broadcast, Andrew, but it was Erling Haaland getting man of the match. But I actually think Kevin De Bruyne, and this isn't a hot take by any, any means, but I actually think Kevin De Bruyne was probably the best player on the pitch because um, you and I have agreed many a time that the onus on scoring goals is obviously a big a big one to, to to shoulder. But at the same time, doing what Kevin De Bruyne does for me anyway is ten times harder. And he again another masterful d- display from him. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that his performance has not always been perfect since coming back. Um, I think he's kind of had matches where he's either incredible and on for most of the match, or he is kind of a little bit out of it, and then we'll just have those moments of brilliance. Hasn't that um, been his career, though? I, he's never yes been. No. He's never I, been a seven ten every week, has he? He's been a ten ten, a six ten, a ten ten, a ten ten. You know, you get my point. But that, that's kind of been him. Yeah. No. I think. I think that's a, a fair point. I just think that it's. As he has aged, I think he has been more of a player that will dominate Hmm. consistently and kind of impose his will as he's learned. Um, And I think we're seeing that, and it's been interesting for him to come back the way he has because I think we have seen that a little bit. But I'll also say that I don't want to be in a position where the only thing propelling us is either Erling Holland's goals or Kevin O'Brien's performances. Um, Hmm. And so, you know, the first 35 minutes of tonight was really – reassuring because Luton have been a side, particularly at home, that have troubled teams. They play really interesting football. And so the level of control and output we had during that time was reassuring to me because it felt like we were back to kind of the best that this team was last season. Mm. Yeah, and certainly um, we'll we'll get to a certain Jack Grealish in the second part of today's show and no doubt in the build-up to the derby later on this week. We'll be speaking about him plenty in the episodes that remain, but um, that first half an hour again, it's sad to say, um, but it it did look a little bit like the City we know and we loved last season. That control did drop off a little bit, it has to be said, but um, when you're scoring goals, then you can legislate for that. My worry is... Champions League knockout games, big fixtures against Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, etc., etc. Can you approach a game like that? Probably not. Um, <clears throat> finally, then I guess Ollie, before we jump to the break, the balance of the team for me, even after Jack Grealish went off, um, I don't necessarily think it was that much of an impact, even though Cities didn't look as fluid, but just the sort of 
I guess it was promising to see City control a fixture like that without Rodri in the team and 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 say, yeah, actually, Kovacic can play that role. Mateus Nunes can come in and do what we've we've kind of been wanting to see a little bit more of it. And and for my money, that's probably two games in a row where he's made a positive impact. Um, he seems to have sort of taken on the burden from Grealish of being the new City signing who just can't buy a goal for love nor money. Tim Krul sort of <laughs> was letting goals go through his legs for Haaland and then pulling off wonder saves when Nunes got in front of goal. But Kovacic, Nunes, obviously Bernardo, we know what, can, what he can do. And the aforementioned um, Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland, it, it just felt nice and balanced, which is is reassuring that it didn't need Foden and it didn't need Rodri, two, two of City's best well, players this year. It, it, it quite literally was. You know, as this season's gone on and as we've seen different configurations of the City midfield and front line, I've, I've kind of imagined had grouped players into two distinct categories. All right, there's a picture of a Venn diagram. On one side, we've got the fuck it YOLO players, and they are <laughs> Doku, they are Haaland, they are to an extent De Bruyne playing in the role that he's asked to play in. Um, Foden, I, I would still put in that category. And then we have the control players. We have uh, Nunes, I'm not 100% sure on just yet. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, but Kovacic. Rodri um, and Grealish are certainly on the other side of that, where they bring some tempo, they bring some control, they bring some calm to uh, to our players who move up through the pitch. Bernardo, I would put in between them. I think he's more than capable of doing both. He's more than capable of doing yeah, both. Yeah, when it's necessary, he can switch, switch that, uh, flick that switch and yeah. really go at it. Yeah, so when we lined up the other week and alarm bells were going on in everyone's head, I think it was Chelsea, where we had like, it was like Haaland, Alvarez, Doku, De Bruyne, Foden and Rodri. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. four, four out of the five or five out of the six players in the fuck it YOLO circle yeah. plus Rodri that that was horribly unbalanced we saw that um, tonight as you mentioned even when Grealish went off if, even if Doku comes on we've still got Bernardo who's capable of controlling the game Nunes who is capable of controlling the game and Kovacic who certainly as you say you know, he's, he's, I know you see a bit of Ilkay Gundogan in Kovacic so mm. it was balanced that's, that's three and three if you want to be super binary about this Haaland, De Bruyne and Doku X. Bernardo, Nunes and Kovacic. It's really important in these big games that we do get that balance right. It's really important. The concern is that as far as the wide men go, we only have Bernardo and Grealish. If Grealish is going to be suffering with injury problems for the the rest of the season, uh, and I hope to God he won't, then we're really relying on Bernardo's fitness. Otherwise, we are going to end up with a lot more lineups that look similar to how we uh, how we went forward against Chelsea. But yeah, that, that's mm. kind of how I'm grouping these these guys now. And I think as long as we've got a good numerical mix of them, um, we just tend to look a lot better. We have the guys that can speed it up, the guys that can slow it down, uh, and and the ones in between like Bernardo that just seem to know. They they could feel the game and know when they need to mm. when they need to just kind of switch that mentality and switch the speed of play. So yeah, they're all phenomenally talented in their own way, but you know you you can't force a player like Doku to play like Jack Grealish. It's not possible. Yeah. You have to compensate somewhere else. Tonight we did that, and and it looked mm. great. It looked good. And and you, you would hope, Andrew, just quickly that 
Guardiola is, as you'd assume he is, he's, he's smart enough and he's obviously um, intelligent enough in terms of being a football manager. But you just hope that he'd have recognised that and we don't rock up on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday against United. And it is Alvarez Haaland, it is De Bruyne Foden, it is Doku and, and Rodri is just there to sort of clean up after himself. I, I don't think it will be because obviously um, that Chelsea game, Bernardo Silva had picked up a knock and, and he's going to start. If, if he's available. So you do hope those lessons have been learned because United are the only big six team. This is sort of veering on to the preview. We will speak a bit more about Luton in part two, but just a quick look ahead. United are the only big six team City have beaten this season. So you would hope those mistakes have been learned. You would hope, but I, I, I get that Bernardo was injured, but I think there were other players or other formations you could have gone with to deal with lineup issues at Chelsea rather than playing the lineup that he did. Um, and sometimes I think Pep believes that the best players need to play kind of. Mm. They'll find a way. He's to not figure willing, it out, basically. Yeah. He'll, they'll find a way and he would rather play an non-optimized lineup and not maybe play someone ahead of someone he thinks is more deserving than play an optimized lineup. Because, you know, mm. for me in that Chelsea match, I would play Oscar Bob. 1,000 times out of 1,000 on the left instead of Doku when you know what Chelsea want to do. Um, And so the fact that he didn't do that does leave me a little bit concerned. But again, he's Pep Guardiola. I'm Andrew Detmer. I don't get to really (laughs) criticize him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think that's um yeah that's a good part a good way to end part one listeners stay exactly where you are unfortunately we won't have pep guardiola on the show in part two it will still be ollie and it will still be andrew and most unfortunately it will still be me but um a little bit more hair it has to be said um catching a bit away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the etihad stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season and the same goes for mcdelivery Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Halfway through the week, guys, keep going. Derby Day week. Um, let us know when you start to get those jitters. Um, Ollie, uh, look, it was it was a sensational night for City. Um, the the job was there to be done. Don't get me wrong. You, you win, you go into the half of the quarterfinal. We'll see what that draw throws up today. Um, believe it's tonight before the Chelsea game. For anyone wondering, but Haaland scoring again, KDB assisting again, six goals scored, full full rest for Rodri, full rest for Foden, Diaz as well didn't come onto the pitch. Um, like I said, into the FA Cup quarterfinal. The only negative of the night's work was obviously. Jack Grealish and it's the second time this month we've seen him come off in the first half he looked distraught and I think on a personal level most people regardless of their opinions of Grealish will will say that is 
tough to tough to watch really um a human being being like that whatever the reason the injury whatever mitigating circumstances you know it, it was a tough watch but ultimately that's another big blow for city ahead of this run just for that there's there's one more one more thing i want to shout out as a positive which was the fans oh go on yes the away great, end shout, was yeah, great shout phenomenal uh, yeah, first 20 yeah. minutes very, I was, very good yeah first 20 minutes I was listening on radio the rest of it on the telly and through both all you could hear was the city end unbelievable so yeah I just want to <clears throat> just want to give them a shout out Grealish devastated man um, mm. absolutely gutted absolutely gutted uh, I, I don't he looked broken he, he mm. did he yeah, did he did. he did look broken I don't know if there's something psychologically going on Um you know, because he, he he was on the bench for a while over the last few months mm. before he picked up that first injury. Now, obviously, maybe some kind of recurrence, maybe something else. I don't know. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch as a City fan as well, not just as a human being, because we are so much better with him. Ultimately, we are a better side of them. It's 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 um, it's shite. It really is. And also, I just want to say because we've seen when he was on the bench and when he was injured, and there's been a lot of people ripping into him on Twitter. And I've seen all kinds of honestly, to be straight up, some nasty shit tweeted. Yeah. Um, take really just take a long hard look at yourself <laughs> if you're one of those people. It's it's not on. Um, the, this with Jack, he deserves. I think he deserves some slack as well, because we know how good of a just a human being he is. Um, mm. You know, does a lot of charity work. He's fantastic with young fans, etc. So if there's if there's something going on, yes, he needs to deal with it. If it's more than just his his physical fitness. Um, but for God's sake, people need to cut that, cut him a bit of slack. Uh, I, I yeah. cannot stand seeing the criticism that's that's flying around on Twitter. So, yeah, just it, it's also something you see with elite athletes all the time. Who, in a situation like with Jack, who now he's had a couple of kind of back to back injuries, and like things are going well mm. finally, and then he has to, you know, exit again. Like that can be something that psychologically is difficult for these athletes mm. to deal with because one, not only is the frustration of like, you thought you were okay and you can move forward, but there's also the issue of, man, everything told me I was okay. And this muscle went again and it can be really hard to trust your body again. Mm. Um, and there's plenty of stories of athletes who end up calling it early solely on the basis of, their body starts to like basically like let them down and they can't get over the mental mm. hurdle to get back to full fitness. So players like Kevin James, De Bruyne, for example. Look at Reese James. Reese James is another one. But even even closer yeah. to home, Kevin De Bruyne had to essentially sit out six months of the season because his as he said himself, his hamstring was a wet paper towel. Mm. And and you know, who knows if that's going to be the case with Jack Grealish if this is clearly not a bounty wet paper towel. <laughs> yeah. We've had true. a few of these companies um, company other, wet, well. other wet paper towel companies are available. Um yeah company look look it, uh, we, we want to be careful we don't want to speculate and we don't want to sort of jump to any major conclusions because muscle injuries are are, are pretty minging to be honest you know you can do a muscle you can 
have a bad time of it for three days, but you can get to the end of the week and you go, you know what, I, f- I feel fine. You wait a week, you get back into action, and then suddenly, as would have been the case here, I think the the action it came from, um, you went in a duel with someone a 50-50 and, and you, know, you twist your body, you turn your legs or whatever, it just goes again. It isn't like you break a bone, it heals, you're back playing or you do a ligament and you can sort of, kind of test it and you kind of know where you are and you can do your testings and, and your, your training etc it is it is pretty mean but um we will sort of delve into it as we go deeper on into the week and sort of how can city get about it i guess sort of kind of tying into it we mentioned him a little bit earlier on Mateus nunez but just finally on 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 the um on the looting game that was a real a real star showing, I thought. Anyway, Andrew, um, it, you know, I sort of flirted with it before. That's back-to-back games for me that I think he's looked really good. Um, again, can't buy a goal, but he could potentially be someone who maybe goes into that role as a wide midfielder. You know, a lot of the benefits of Jack Grealish are the fact that he kind of adds another midfielder out on the wide. He could be the guy to do it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. He is a very interesting player because he kind of came... He's a late bloomer in terms of his abilities at top-level football, I think, Um, Mm. which is one of the reasons why he moved to Wolves kind of at the stage that he did. And he's not a complete player yet. Um, And anyone who is expecting him to be a complete player, I think, is fooling themselves. Um, but he has a skill set that with Pep Guardiola managing him and molding him, I think can become a really devastating and interesting player Um, because there's some things that he does that you can't teach. Um, Mm. And I think particularly in terms of kind of the dummies that he has done multiple times now to set up Erling Holland, like that is just a natural skill set and kind of intuition that he has that, can be really difficult to contend with if you are an opposition defense. And so yeah. I love the progression he's had this season and I'm interested to see where he goes. And I agree that in a world where Jack Grealish is injured, uh, I'm very comfortable putting Nunez out on the left wing to have it be slightly less chaos agent E at left <laughs> wing. If we can't play Jack Grealish. Mm. Ole, finally, Nunez, he's, he's, Coming into his own a little bit, and I, I, I will have to go back because I, I do love being vindicated, but I remember saying earlier on in the season, maybe after one of the Champions League games, where not that Nunes will be a big player for City in the running, but he will be a big enough player where we go at the end of the season. Oh, God, wasn't he good? You know, maybe a few cameos, maybe a goal here or there, or an assist to change game if needed. You know, I don't feel like he's any longer in the category of he's a new signing, he's getting minutes because the match is won or the game is done and dusted. It feels like he's got responsibility that wasn't there in the first half of the season. He's now fulfilling a role, I think is, is yeah. the best way to put it. He's now fulfilling a role depending on either game state or depending on tactically what Pep wants to achieve. Uh, that is, yeah, it's more than just simply being a new signing. And you can teach an old dog new tricks. The... The very best example possibly the Premier League has seen. I would actually be hard-pressed to find an example that's better than this, but Fernandinho. Didn't he join us at 30? Mm. 29, 30? Uh, yeah. He was in Shakhtar. He was a relatively unknown player at the, at the, at the top level. And I mean, shit, look what he became at 33, 34, 35. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I thirty-six, thirty-seven, 36 etc., yeah. etc. Yeah, you, you you won't find any age discrimination from me where players are concerned. Um, this isn't <laughs> football manager, you know. They don't go in the bin when they hit thirty. Uh, you know, Nunes, Nunes, absolutely. Nunes, yes, he's now fulfilling a role. Is he good enough to be in a starting lineup in a big game? Remains to be seen. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't opt for him uh, if our, you know, if we had our strongest eleven available. Uh, I don't think he's he's. I don't actually think he's near that yet, but he certainly does have uh, a role to play in this run-in. Um, and again, if you can keep this rate of improvement going, or I don't want to say improvement, but the rate that he's bedding in and understanding what he needs to do, if he can keep that rolling towards the back end of the season, he, he will be important. So, yeah, optimistic, optimistic. Promising signs, um, peaking at the right time. And, and I'll leave listeners and I'll leave you two with this quote. Um, Erling Haaland was asked after the game, if Man City's peak is yet to come, his reply, and I'm sure you can do the accent and the sort of the juvenile response, his little giggles, etc., etc. But it's coming, we're coming, exciting times ahead. We're ready to attack. Andrew, that feels like a good place to call it a day for today. Absolutely. Oliver, thank you very much. Thank you. Listeners, thank you very much. And until next time, which will be tomorrow, building up to the Manchester Derby on Sunday. <sighs> Size. Um, that'll be it for today. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.